Now, ladies, you can come on in and, and close ranks a little bit so you'll be all right here together. And we're just excited for both these services today. Remind you tonight, 730, and uh, Brother Doug Smith will be preaching to us again. And uh, we're looking for a great time. Then we'll have food trucks tonight. It's going to be a great time. Invite somebody to come back with you tonight, and we're just going to have a good time in the Lord. See some people filled with the Holy Ghost and just set free, delivered, maybe baptized, whatever. Just want to see God really move tonight. Amen. So God bless you, ladies. Praise the Lord, everybody. I am so excited to be here this morning. God is so good. Thank y'all for getting up and coming after we went skating so late last night. We appreciate it. I know that God is going to do something awesome in this place today. Um, I was asked really quickly to introduce my friend, um, and I don't have much to say other than prepare yourselves and let God do what he's trying to do today. Don't hold on to any kind of reservations. Don't hold on to anything that you've gone through this week. Nothing like that. Just be prepared and ready to listen to what God has today because I know that the Lord has been stirring up this message for quite some time. So let's welcome my friend, Sister Lindsay, this morning. She's wonderful and amazing and anointed, and she's got a great word from God. Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's do that one more time. Praise the Lord, everyone. Isn't he so good? He is so good. He is faithful to us. So faithful to us. I give honor to your beautiful pastor's wife and my friend, Candy Walden. The best of the best, in my opinion. One of these days, I need to introduce her to my pastor's wife because she, too, is among the best. So, the best of the best. You know, I love you. Like, I really love you. Everywhere I go, I talk about Rack Regeneration Weekend. I talk about how awesome my girls are. They're my girls, just so you know. And uh, you know what does my heart so good? And I'm going to let you sit down just a minute. But what does my heart so good is is when I know that you're seeking the will of God. And I know that, that you're, you're wanting to do what he wants you to do. And you, know, it, you just make me proud. You're here on a Saturday morning. How many legs are sore? I think I've skated for 15 minutes total. And my left knee? I mean. But you're here on a Saturday morning. And I have no doubt that Jesus is going to be with us. Thank you, Jesus. I have no doubt at all. Ezekiel chapter 47. You know, one more time. I just love you guys. We just love you. I believe in you, each of you. I believe without a doubt that there's destiny in you. 
that God has created you on purpose for a purpose. Ezekiel chapter 47, beginning with chapter, or I'm sorry, beginning with verse 2. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water. The water came up to my waist. and Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in, in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. Considering conversations I've had with a few of you this week, um, I believe we've received confirmation that there's going to be a deep move of God this, this week, this weekend. Um, not just, I mean, last night, goodness, he was here. And I felt like the Lord was just kind of taking care of some business. You know, we got we to deal with some things before he can take us to where he wants us to go. And, and so he was doing that in some of us last night. And um, there's going to be a deep move of God. You know, this weekend is separated unto him. It's, it's one of the best weekends of the year. I am so glad to be back again this year. It's one of the best weekends of the year. And, but I have some news for you. For some of you. For those of you who listen, it's going to be a weekend of divine disruption. It's going to completely shift how you live life. Thank you, Jesus. You will never. You know, we say that all the time. You'll never, you're never going to be the same. I mean, that cheese dip at the Mexican restaurant just changed my life. <laughs> I'm not talking about I am sick. I am so sick and tired of normal. I am so sick and tired of, of coming to be entertained. I, I love listening to you sing. Like, seriously, I'll record you later. But she's not here to entertain us. Come on, come on, come on, say it. These choirs, these singers, these drama teams, they're not here to entertain us. And it's time for us to stop acting like consumers. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. I open with that passage for a reason. The Lord opened my mind a couple of weeks ago in my personal devotion time. And, and truthfully, it's not where we're going. Just letting you know, we're going to deep places, and that's kind of my point. But the man with the line in his hand, or the, the measuring tool, was responsible for a few things. He was responsible for leading Ezekiel, and he was responsible for measuring the waters. He went first, and then he took Ezekiel through the waters. So today, before we're sitting down, I want you to know that God has gone before us. He has measured out our steps, and we are going into the deep today. He knows how much you can handle he knows exactly where you're ready to, to, to leap off. 
And so he has gone before us and he has measured the steps. (laughs) You know what's exciting to me? He went first. He goes before me. But then get this. He brought me through the waters. I'm not going to go out here and leave you. I want you to just follow me. Come on. No. I'm going to measure it out. And then I'm going to come back. I'm going to take you right through it. So where we're going, he has measured it out. And he knows. Whether or not you know or I know where we're going today. He he knows exactly where we're going. So his agenda today is, is to take us into deep waters. Lift your hands, lift your voices. Mighty God, I worship your name, for you are great and greatly to be praised. There is no one that compares to you. Your glory is unmatched. Your power is unrivaled. Jesus, we give you glory this morning. Thank you for bringing us all together today. God, your knowledge is is amazing to me. God, you knew exactly who was going to be here. Jesus, you ordained our steps. And I thank you that you have anticipated with joy our arrival today. I pray that you would minister to everyone in the house by the power of your spirit. Jesus, I'm asking you to be my help today. Allow me to flow freely in your spirit. Give me the courage to preach your word without fear, without favor. God, may our hearts, Lord, may my heart receive your word with gladness, Jesus. Let it convict us, challenge us, and change us, Almighty God. Now upon the authority I have, because I am genuinely submitted to my pastor and the leadership of this church, and by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in your name, Jesus, I bind anything that would try to distract us today. I bind anything that would hinder us from your purpose. I bind a bitter spirit. I bind everything, Lord, right now. I bind cell signals and bad attitudes, Jesus. I bind right now disunity in the name of Jesus. God, by the same authority and humble submission, God, I lose your spirit to minister. I lose your power to have your way, Jesus. You know exactly what was ordained from the beginning of time for this moment. God, let there be peace and strength and healing and hope and life and health in Jesus' name. Most of all, Jesus, I pray that there would be an activation of your supernatural giftings. God, I pray, Lord, that the intercessors would arise in the name of Jesus. Almighty God, we give you praise and glory and honor forever and ever and ever. Amen. You know, this doesn't have to be an emotional thing. If you're not feeling the Spirit of God, that's okay. You've been filled with His Spirit. You need to operate in it. Go ahead and tap into the gifting. Stir up the gift of God in you. This is going to be what sets the precedent for the rest of the day. Go ahead. Pray in tongues. Press it. Press into His Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise, Almighty God. I give you praise, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, 30 more seconds. 
30 more seconds of praying in the spirit. Uh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you for what you're going to do today, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. A week ago, the Lord gave me a very direct word for this congregation, this church today, this, this session, for whoever was going to be here. And um, it, it, it messed me up. I'm not even going to, to hide it. I was tore up from the floor up. And um, the first thing I did, well, it wasn't, I, did, I didn't do it right when it happened because she probably would have yelled at me a little bit. Because it's around midnight. But the next morning, the first thing I did was text your pastor's wife, or Sister Candy Walden, for those of you who are visiting. And I said, oh, I know what the Lord wants to do next week. And I have a word, and, and I'll share that in a little bit. But before we do, kind of like last night, I feel like we've got to take care of some business. And uh, we've got to address a few things before we get where we're going to go, okay? Everybody... On board? Everybody on board? All right. The will of God is something we talk about a ton, right? Especially at the age of some of you. You're making big decisions. You're trying to figure out what God's doing in your life. And, and uh, you know, it's something we discuss with passion when you know what's happening. Passion and excitement and zeal when you know just what's going on. And in other times, it's discussed with frustration and desperation when you don't have a clue what God's doing. And uh, I've had conversations with my mentors about the will of God for my life. Goodness, I've had conversations with God about the will of God for my life and what I think it should be. You know, like, this looks like a pretty good little path, Lord. And uh, I've looked at... (laughs) I've looked at the girls who who have talked to me about finding the will of God for their life, the girls I mentor uh, in our church, the girls I've talked to here. And you know what I feel when you ask? I've already kind of hinted to it. You make me proud. I get so excited because you want to do the will of God. It makes me just happy. And you know what else I feel? Just extreme peace because I know God's got you. I know that God has a plan. For you, Ephesians chapter two verse ten says, "For by grace, or I'm sorry, verse nine and ten says, for, for grace, wow, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast." Verse ten, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's comforting. He prepared it beforehand so that we can walk in them. So you have a purpose, okay? 
You have a purpose. Our life is something that God has purpose for. You're not a mistake. Your mom and dad may not have planned you, and I can attest to that. Your mom and dad may not have planned you, but you are not a mistake. God does not make mistakes. Honey, he's not going to start with you. He had a purpose and an intent from the moment you were formed. The very moment you breathed breath, God had a purpose and a plan. I'm using that word on purpose. That's punny. <clears throat> Thanks, Annabeth. God had a purpose and a plan and a will for you. But we've got to address something. I fear that too many of us are seeking position in this world and we're not pursuing the purpose that God has for us. And if we fail to seek after God's purpose in our life, then we're going to end up forgetting what's true. I told you I love you, right? Someone keeps waiting on Mr. Wright to show up or for that job offer in another city or for a ministry door to open. But you're failing to seek God's purpose. I mean, what good is position without purpose? What good is a relationship if you don't know what purpose you're working for together? Now, that stuff is in the plan of God. Don't get me wrong. He has a place for you. He has, he has a location for you. He has a relationship for But don't get distracted by that stuff. Because the purpose of God is what's primarily important. Colossians 1 and 16 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him. And get this, for him. God isn't required to explain his moves to us. He is not playing a game of checkers. I think we think that's what he's doing. I mean, if we were liking it to any type of game, it would be chess. Sometimes the moves he has to make, watch this, to put the king in place. You move forward, sometimes you move backwards, sometimes you move to the side, sometimes you like jump away up here, and then they throw you right back. And he doesn't have to explain why he moves you where. He is God, and God all by himself. No matter how much I think I know what's best. I mean... I knew what was best. Buddy, be rolling in here, not in a Honda Accord. (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to embarrass myself and say anything else. But I'm afraid that we're sitting around waiting on the will of God to conform to our wish list.
But worse than that, I fear that our wish, wish list is for our own aggrandizement and pleasure and our kingdom. What are the motives of your wish list? Don't get so wrapped up in seeking a position that busies your schedule just to cause you to feel needed. Don't be so focused on where you're supposed to go or who you're supposed to be with that you fail to seek after God's purpose. You see, the will of God will always further the kingdom of God. Someone told me one time, Lindsay, you concern yourself with God's business and God will be concerned with your business. You take care of what God needs taken care of and God's going to take care of you. I believe that in this room you're in a state desperate for God to reveal his will. You know why I know that? Okay. I know that because I'm desperate for God to reveal his will. I'm desperate to know the placement God has for me. I'm desperate to hear from him. Listen, I love you guys. But I am not here of my own devices. And I'm not here to preach a sermon. Y'all, I tried writing notes for this. <laughs> like, we're talking maybe two, three hours of sleep last night. I've been working on this for months. And I'm here to be real with you. I'm here to tell you that I am desperate for God's will to be released in my life. And I think that that is because each and every one of you have that same desperation. You want to know what God has for you. You want to know where God wants you. We're missing it. We're missing it. We're more about where he wants us and who he wants us with. And, and, and we're missing what his purpose is. This is totally different than normal. Luke 19 and verse 10 says this. I believe God's already revealed his purpose to us. You know what? Two years ago, we talked about destiny. We talked about being clothed and ready for what God has for us. I don't know if if anybody remembers that. Two years ago, we talked about, I think I titled it something cheesy like the wardrobe of destiny or... but. But we talked about Joseph and how things were stripped from him. And we talked about, about how things were put on him. And, and we talked about how he chose to step into the king's wardrobe. Last year, we had a completely different approach. And we talked about one random piece in the tabernacle. We talked about the table of showbread. And we talked about laying everything before the Lord so that he can consume it 
and make it new. So we have to lay our so so we talked about our future and our hope and our plans. And we, it sounds like we're talking about that again, but there's going to be a sharp right turn in just a minute. But we've talked about the will of God, the purpose of God, the destiny of God for you the first year. Last year we talked about you have got to be real with Jesus. And as you're real with Jesus, he's going to do what he wants to do this week. Luke 19 verse 10 tells us the purpose And if we're not careful, we'll miss it because this is the purpose God has for us. All right? Buddy. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. You take care of God's business, and He'll take care of yours. Are we concerned with the lost people of this world? Or are we more distracted by our day to day activities? These notes I said I didn't write, like they're going to end in just a minute. Are we more focused on doing what looks like the will of God on Sunday and Wednesday and failing to see the very purpose of God in front of our eyes? We have enough preachers, we have enough singers. But we need intercessors. If I make it to church on Sunday and Wednesday and and special services, then everyone will know that I love God and everything's going to be okay. But yet we're not living in the purpose of God. If I go to church after church and I preach a message after message... But on Monday morning when I wake up and I go to my job and I don't see Whitney who can be so mean some days. And if I go home and I see my little nephew who needs to have a relationship with God and I don't do anything. Now here's the deal. You have to be a witness. But I'm not here to talk about being a witness. But you have to have a vision of the people who are lost. This jar represents more than just some names and some piece of papers. Let me hold the prodigal jar so I don't drop it. There are lives represented here. There are ministries represented here. Y'all. When's the last time you looked at the person that irritates you most and thought about how much God loves them? God has this way of making us all feel like we're His favorite. Like, y'all think y'all, mm-mm. This me. He calls me peaches. I don't know where that just came from. (laughs) 
But you know, he doesn't love me anymore than he loves you. And here's a hard one. He doesn't love any of us more than he loved Hitler. Man, it is so hard when we put things into perspective, when we consider his blood and his purpose, and that his blood has no limits. None of my brother's name's in that jar. Justin, he walked with God for a season. God called him to ministry. And somehow Justin got distracted by chasing things and stuff. And Justin's walked away from God. He lives 20 miles from me. And he refuses to talk about church. He refuses. Who is it in your life that should be in this jar? Here's the deal. We think about prodigals who've been home and walked away. But there's a whole other group of people who have never experienced this awesome truth that we have. I worked at a a hospital corporation about eight years ago, nine years ago now. And uh, there was this lady, man, she was... So we had these weird cubicle settings. It wasn't a true cubicle because it was like they had walls, but only two people were allowed in this. Well, on the opposite side, they were the same. We shared a wall with another cubicle set. Barbara. Barbara. Whew, she was moody. And I seemed to be the only person she liked. It was so weird because she would throw things. She was on the other side of me. She would throw things at the wall. And I was like, what is going on with Barbara today? And so, Barbara, what's going on? You know, she's just going off about family, going off about work. I wanted to do that too, but, you know, we can't do that all the time, so. Barbara and I'd meet in the break room. We'd stand and drink a, you know, a Coke together or whatever. And I'd, I'd talk to Barbara. I love Barbara. One day she was so mad that she, because she was so hot. And I was like, chill. I mean. So the next day all I did was I took her a fan. Like I took the fan out of my room and I took it to Barbara's office and I plugged it in. And she's like, you know? I said, well, yesterday you were hot and you were making commotion, so we had to fix that. <laughs> There's one day that Barbara didn't show up to work, and I thought, well, she's on vacation. And uh, there was no, another day went by, a week went by, and I was like, where's Barbara? And um, I finally, it was two weeks in, walked over, and uh, Talked to her manager. I said, where's Barbara been? She's on vacation. And she said, oh, you, you haven't heard. 
And I was like, heard what? It's about, this was about four o'clock on a um, Wednesday afternoon. You haven't heard? I said, no, I have not heard. And Barbara won't be back. Um, Barbara's got cancer and she's in the hospital. They don't expect her to make it. There was this deep heaviness that settled over me. Because I had been building a relationship with Barbara. And, um, man, I, 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 it just fell in my little cubicle. I was so heavy, and I was like, God, I know that you're able to do absolutely anything. I believe that you can heal Barbara. I believe that you can fill her with your spirit. I believe that, God, that Barbara can be used by you. And so I'm just praying, and, and like, Major, major cry face, like, at work, at a corporate office, sobbing. I walk into my boss's office, and I said, I need to go. I got to go to the hospital. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, something's up. And so I'm having this serious prayer meeting on my way to, to see Barbara. I am having... A full-blown intercession set going through Nashville traffic to get downtown to the hospital where she's at. And I said, God, I know that you're about to do something great. I know that when I walk into that hospital room, you're going to show up. I know, I know, I know without a doubt, Jesus, that you're going to do something. And and, and it, he was just flowing through. I was like, this is about to happen. I walk up into, I mean, I'm sh- I was shaking. I was like, mmm. I was like, God, you're about to do something. And so I find Barbara's room number, and I'm like, we about she's about to get the Holy Ghost. She's about to get healed. Ha! Ah, I run up in that room. Fifteen people are in that room. Y'all. That little prayer meeting I just had went, I was like, what are all y'all doing here? I mean, I know she's about to die, but. So I sat there for two hours waiting on an opportunity to pray. The Titans game came on. And I said, Lord. If you brought me here to pray, good luck. Because the game just came on. Y'all, I said that in my brain. The moment it finished, the cable went out. I said, okay. I said, well, Barbara, so you got to seize those moments, okay? God had brought me there with a purpose. (laughs) Cable goes out. Yes, Lord. So I go up. I said, Barbara, do you mind if I just pray for you? I need to be going because it's after dark. It's Nashville. I'm like 23 years old. I need to be safe about this. Sure. So I take Barbara by the hand. And I just pray a simple prayer. Jesus, thank you so much for bringing Barbara into my life. Thank you for what you're wanting to do in her. 
I thank you that you're able to heal her body, and I pray that you would walk with her through whatever situation you see and you have willed for her. It was super simple. I was like underwhelmed because we were about to have revival. I go back to work on Monday. Guess who is at work? Barbara was at work. Barbara was supposed to be at work. Barbara was supposed to die. <laughs> Y'all, get excited. I mean, I realize I'm being serious. Barbara was at work. Who is waiting on you to pull yourself out of the scenario? Who is waiting on you to get down on your knees and have an intercession session? You see, what I did with Barbara, I just let her know somebody loved her. I just let her know that God loved her, that he knew exactly where she was, that, that even though nobody else in the office really cared because Barbara was kind of crazy, I showed up to pray. I don't know what Barbara took care of in those few weeks she was back at work. I know that my relationship with her didn't change. I know that I loved on her. But I believe that in that time frame, God used that to to minister to Barbara. Now you're like, this is about to drop. Like, really, Linz? It was about three months later, Barbara passed away. I was tore up. Barbara was supposed to sit by me in church. Barbara was supposed to be praying through the Holy Ghost. Last year, I was, I had spent a lot of time at the hospital, my uncle. And uh, my dad had spent the night with my uncle. And um, <clears throat> I picked him up to bring him home. And my, my uncle, my dad, and um, we were meeting mom at O'Charlie's. I hope this is okay. I'm, I'm just being real candid. And I pick him up. And, man, I get my road rage from dad. I mean... He was like, what is this guy doing? I was like, Dad, just let me drive. You're giving me anxiety. So we get to O'Charlie's in Manchester where we're meeting Mom. I live in Tennessee, by the way. And uh, I walk in, and I was just in an ill mood. I was tired. I'd had a rough day at work. And then my dad was all sassy with all the traffic. And I'm like, I'm ready to go home, ready to go to bed. Because I have to do this all over again tomorrow. You know, like I was just dreading my life. <clears throat> and um, so I walked into Charlie's and, and we sit, gets, we're seated and crowd wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a large crowd, but we happened to be seated by this 
like large table of belligerent Russians. <laughs> they were drunk. There's nothing about Russians. They're just they were speaking in Russian, and I was like, "Really? You're in Manchester, Tennessee?" I was. Just, that's the mood I was in. I, I'm just being real. I was just. They were drunk, and they kept drinking. And I'm like. When are you going to cut them off? Then we received the, the, the next people that came in, there were these young, teenage, beautiful girls who were just like, you know, like, oh. And I was like, oh. Great. And we had this handsome waiter that I thought I had the attention of. Wrong. Those big tip drinkers and those really cute, sassy young people got his attention real quick. And so we waited like 45 minutes for some rolls. And you oh, Charlie's rolls. What y'all doing to me? 45 minutes. I was so ill. I mean, I was cynical. I was like, well, here comes rolls, but they just... I bet they're cold. The butter hadn't even melted. Guarantee it. That's just the mood I was in. I'm trying to paint how, how ugly I was being that day. Like, so ugly. The host, or the manager rather, walked over to our table and just said, Y'all doing all right? And I said, oh, You look horrible. Like, I didn't say that to him. Let's clarify. That didn't come out my mouth. It's in my head. Oh, you look horrible. What are you doing wearing a hoodie? Pull it together, Manchester. I'm like, what are you doing? And then, all of a sudden, in the middle of my bad mood, a spiritual gift starts working. And I said, Because the Lord allowed me to know that that server, or that, not the server, but the manager, had a disease. And it was not a favorable disease. I was like, oh, great. Now i got to deal with that. <laughs> We're funny. But look at how, look at me. Look at how awful I was being. The moment, I ain't even lying. The moment I said, great, look at him. He needs to get it to get. That is awful. And he's, and Jesus said, how can I trust you to minister to them if you don't love them? Y'all. Oh, Charlie's mom and dad in front of me. I was like. That was imputed to me. Right, right, right. There is no one that I am above anybody else. Right, right, right. There is no one that I am above anybody else. 
mercy of God, but it is because of him. It is because he saw value in us that he went to a cross and shed his blood. And who am I to withhold that from anyone? I wish I'd tell you that I walked up to that that way that that host and been like, I like your hoodie. Let me tell you about Jesus. But instead, he worked me over the coals and he said, Lindsay, you've got to deal with you. You've got to deal with your cynicism. You've got to deal with your bad attitude. You've got to realize the mercy and grace I have dealt to you. That was a hurtful moment in the Spirit of God. Because, I mean, my bad attitude shouldn't have allowed me to be in his presence. But he spoke to me. We go to Walmart. I'm here trying to, like Jesus, I've got to get to a prayer room. Like, i got to pray. Mom's like, let's go to Walmart. I'm like, (laughs) What do we need? Salsa? Throw you some tomatoes and make some salsa. Like, when God's working you over the coals over something, it can be like, it can feel like forever getting to to Him. Like, everything's trying to keep you from Him. (laughs) Salsa! We're going to get salsa at Walmart. And people are dying and and going to hell. That's what I'm feeling in that moment. Well, I get home and that urgency had lifted. You know that, get up, you know. Okay, all right, we got the salsa. Now let's have some chips. I went to bed that night. I had a dream. I was walking through this ancient city and, and um, whitewashed walls and um, I thought wow this is real pretty this is awesome this is, where's everybody at where's everybody at and I walk out of the city and there's this beautiful pasture and I'm like the only person in this place like this could be creepy right and so I walk through this, this pasture, and I'm going to start climbing the mountainside, and I'm like just having a great old adventurous, adventuresome time. And I hear, don't. Come in. Uh, I'm alone, was my thought. I'm alone. Who's talking to me? He said, you better come in. To be safe, you have to come in. I dropped down off that mountainside. There's this cave that I somehow missed climbing up that mountainside. A door opens, and I see these gigantic feet. And I was like, is there going to be room? Because you big. <laughs> I walked in, and I was like, this is this going to be tight. And first off, you big, why am I trusting you? Like, what's going on? I walk in, that, that cave was massive. It was beautiful. How many of you have been to Ruby Falls? Okay, so you get down there, and there's like this body of water. The falls is falling. I mean, there's lights. This is literally what I was almost seeing in my dream, except it was much more pretty, but it kind of that, that scene. Still a cave, okay? Still a cave. And people are everywhere. And I'm like, wow, why didn't I know about this? So I walk through the, the cave to the other side, and, and the, the giant told me, go ahead, just explore, have fun. 
And I, I walk through the cave to the other side. There's a door. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let's open this door. And there's the beautiful, most beautiful sea and lagoon that I've ever seen. Like, I want to go there. Like, it was beautiful. And the water was so clear. It was sandy on the sides. And I step out, and I see a lamb. And I'm like, oh, what's that lamb doing over there? And the lamb starts climbing the, the edge. And that same message that came to me, come in. Come in, you have to be safe. I said, somebody grab that lamb. Well, they grabbed the lamb and they put that lamb in my arms. And I look up and there are wolves ready to pounce. And so I usher everybody back in to the cave. But as I take this lamb inside, it transfers and turns into a baby. Okay, I realize you're like, oh great, you're a dreamer. Let's get through this one, Lindsay. It turned into a baby. And I thought, okay, so I got a baby. And I look around, and people are getting ready. They're setting up chairs. Annabeth, they're setting up chairs for church. And I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to have cave church. So I take this baby, and I'm like, i got to check them into the nursery. You know, that's what we do. So I take it to the nursery. I set it in the bed. It's making sure I, you know, have the swaddle just right as the non-mother that I am. Anyway, I was just loving that baby. I walk outside. There's this commotion. I walk out of the nursery. There's this commotion at the registration desk. And this woman who is ugly and stinky, she is causing all kinds of chaos. And I was like, okay, we got to take care of this. All right, Barbara. No. <laughs> What's going on? She threw her baby at me. It was swaddled so tight, his face was covered. I was like, what in the world? And at first I'm like, baby's face was so distorted. It was so ugly and so unwanted. It was unloved, and that mother was just done. And the way my attitude had been that night before was that of that mother. I pulled that baby in, and I woke up weeping. How many, of you woke, how, how many of you have ever woken up and you got like salt like all over your face? That was me that morning. I was tore up. That day in my Bible reading, I just happened to read where David brought everybody into the cave. Those who were discontented, those who were in debt, those who were unwanted, those who were unloved. And he became captain over them. Okay, so here's the deal. Anybody else feel heaviness? And not just drowsiness? There is somebody who is waiting for you to recognize them and to love them. You may not have the bold personality to walk up to them 
and be like, I'm going to snatch you out of hell. (laughs) We'll get there. You love them into a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to tell you, this right here doesn't work. But let me tell you where you do the most damage against the enemy. It's when you stop looking for a platform and you start looking for a closet. I know that you want to do the will of God. I know. I know that you want to do the will of God. I know that you want to be where He wants you to be. And I know that you want to... I know, I know, I get it, I'm there. But I'm here to tell you that intercessory prayer, praying for those people will release the will of God. And when you get your eyes off of yourself enough for God to flow through you, to do you know, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, who's going to turn there with me? Let's do it. Romans chapter 8. I don't know why I didn't have this marked. Anybody have verse 26? Stand and read it, Jessica. Read verse 27. All right, so that's where we're going. Now, you ready for the word that the Lord gave me last Saturday night? The Lord would say to this group that your purpose will be found in the gap. And by praying deep in the Spirit, selflessly in intercession, you will position yourself for the destiny God wants to unfold in you. Your destiny is not about you. The will of God is released through intercessory prayer. I know you want to be world changers. I know you do. But get on the floor. You can change the world from your closet. I know you're like, oh, she's talking about prayer. Great. No. I'm talking about life-changing, world-changing prayer. I'm talking about effective, fervent, prevailing prayer. You see, when you have God's heart in you, when you have His Spirit, Hebrews tells us that He is continually living to make intercession for us. Romans chapter 8 that we just read that says the Spirit knows the infirmities. He knows the weaknesses, the, the deficiencies, the things that we lack. You know, He knows that we lack the boldness to just walk up to somebody and pray for them. He knows that we... But it's when we position ourselves in the Spirit and we allow Him to flow through us that He not only releases His will in us. Okay. The Spirit helpeth. If you go to the Greek, there is no word in English to truly translate that word. 
Like it would require a picture graph for us. Let's try to do this. Well, let's not move that. That's the spirit world. This is where we live. The spirit itself maketh intercession for us. It, it helpeth. So that word helpeth means the spirit in you taps into the spirit realm. And all of the answers that are in the spirit realm. Yeah. I can't do this on my own. I can't make it. I don't know how to make Justin see that he's making bad decisions. I don't know how to make Chandler understand. I don't know how to make Whitney get it. I don't know how to make Brittany get it. But I know that if I can tap into the spirit realm, that that, that prayer tool that he gives us is a channel in which he releases the supernatural into this world. Stand with me. There's somebody that has been on your mind while I've been preaching. Your father's far from God. Your mom doesn't have truth. You're annoyed by a co-worker. Get yourself out of the scenario. Get on the floor and intercede on behalf of those people. Don't just see Annabeth that they are destined for hell. That should motivate you enough. It should motivate you enough to see that there that, that, that there's impending doom. And it is your job to impede that. It's your job to stop that doom. So what you do in the spirit is you grab hold of that person that's far from God or, or that situation or that, that health issue and you grab hold of the heavenlies. And I'm going to tell you as an intercessor what happens. The kingdom world's going to go that way. That world's going to go that way. And it's going to feel. It's going to feel like you're being stretched apart. Two worlds are colliding. You are in three places at one time. You are reaching into the supernatural world, the heavenlies. And you are reaching into hell. Something that you can't do in your flesh. Heart. 
It was uncomfortable. But you know what else is uncomfortable? An eternity in hell. You know who else was uncomfortable? I'm pretty sure it didn't feel great when Jesus was stretched out on a cross. I'm not trying to be mean or harsh. But in the most loving way possible, get over yourself. So what if you have to go a few hours without sleep? So what if you have to go without some food? There's a Barbara that's waiting on you. And what you can't do in the flesh, you can do in the spirit. God is calling this church and this district to a season of intercession. Better yet, He's calling you to a lifestyle of intercession. There are people who have never walked through the doors of the church that you can draw by your prayers and the kindness of God. He has to release the will of God through you. Open your mouth. Seek His purpose. In Ezekiel, he said, ye have not gone up into the gaps. You've neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. In Ezekiel 22, he said, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me. But I found no one. In Isaiah, he said... There was no man, and he wondered why there was no intercessor. (laughs) Allow the Spirit of God to flow through you. (laughs) Humble yourself. You may know not, not know what to say. And sometimes it may not even sound like a tongue. Sometimes it's just a groaning and uttering. It, it's because it feels as if you're being ripped apart. There's a bag boy at Walmart. Oh, no, 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 no,
feel their doom. Feel what they feel. And now, with a vision, begin to pray ministry into their lives. Begin to pray hope and healing and salvation and health. Make me a house of prayer, a house of prayer, Lord. Make me a house, make me a house of prayer, a house of prayer. May the fire on my altar. May the fire on my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire on my altar never burn out. Fire on my altar never burn out. Fire on my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer, Lord. Make me a house. Yeah. <laughs> 
want to give you a, I want to give you some instruction. Sometimes when you begin to feel that burden that God has for the lost, and you step into that intercessory gift, His Spirit is 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 claiming them through you. You get really tired. So what you have to do is you have to fall back into the rest of the Holy Ghost. Now, you may not be finished praying in intercessory prayer, but what you have to do is fall back and, and regain strength from God. I know Brother Green has talked to this congregation about power prayers. You get a lot accomplished. You can wear your body. So follow after the Spirit. Yes, feel that burden. But when you feel weary, lean back and pray in the tongue that you normally pray in. Worship God and then get right back to business. Additionally, this is not just for today. This position of intercession, God is calling you to. Until there will be moments when it settles on you where you can't you can't stand it. You'll feel so heavy and depressed, and if you're not careful, you'll think it's depression, you'll think it's something in the flesh, and you'll try to figure out a way to deal with it in the flesh. You'll try to, you know, eat the right amount of ice cream or purchase the right amount of stuff or but I'm I'm telling you that if you have that feeling and it won't lift you better find a place of prayer because God is calling you to make a difference in someone and you may never know who it is you're praying for you may never know what God's doing all the way around the world there are stories after stories that you can read um Denzel Holman He's written several books about the power of intercessory prayer. Um, but you will make a difference in the world. Sometimes you're not just interceding for the lost, but you're interceding for your sisters and brothers. Maybe those you go to church with, maybe those you don't. But the thing is, you have to have a purpose from God. And when you have that purpose and you seek after that purpose, it's going to be about his people and not about you. Now, I do want to say this. Sometimes it is about you. Sometimes you are interceding on behalf of yourself. You're praying for a miracle to be released in your life. But there is a new position for those of you who will take it. And it's the position of intercession. Now, we've focused on other people, but I believe that the Lord wants to touch some of you today. I believe that He's imparted a passion and a burden. And for those of you still praying, please do so. If there's anybody who is sick in their body, I believe God wants to heal. He impressed me with that it may not even be your body it may be your emotions it may be, it may be that 
And, and what I want you to do, if you feel comfortable, is I want you to well, come and stand by me. If that is you, your emotions, dealing with healing, you need healing in your body, in your mind, your spirit. I want you to come stand by me. Now, for the rest of you, God has just trained you. Sometimes when you know a need, you can move into intercession a little bit better, something that troubles your spirit. When you see somebody in pain, somebody who needs something. Now, I can't do anything without Jesus. Like, There's nothing that I can, can, can manufacture here. So what I want you to do is I want those of you who are in pain... Those are of you who are hurting either in your body or in your mind or in your heart. I want you to link arms together. Pastor Walden said it last night. Something happens when we connect with each other. The other intercessors in the room, don't give up on me. Keep praying. 